Uh, I'm excited to get a chance to talk. We're continuing tonight in our, our series on worship. And tonight I'm going to be talking specifically about um, being people, uh, a people of faith who um, worship God regardless of their circumstances and um, being a people whose worship doesn't um, uh, change or doesn't fluctuate based on their feelings and uh, the things around them. And that's a kind of a pretty ambitious message, but um, we're going to pray and hopefully the Holy Spirit kind of does the work for us, but that we just kind of open ourselves up to that. So I have, um, for the next 19 minutes and 15 seconds, that's what we'll be talking about. Um, I'm going to kind of go through and, and kind of talk about four different types or profiles of um, what I call a circumstantial worshiper, someone whose worship is um, defend, um, dependent on, on their circumstances or um, is influenced or affected by their circumstances. So we're going to kind of profile that uh, and then hopefully land on what it looks like to be someone who consistently worships God regardless of what they're going through. So, um, God, we just invite you here today, and we pray that your um, presence, God, it's already here, Lord, just in worship, and just that um, we, we are gathered in your name, God. We just pray that um, you would do the work in our hearts, God, and that we would just be open to change and open to um, making you um, a priority in our life, God. Um, we thank you for this time in your name. Amen. Um, before I go into that, I just kind of want to start and, and, and just kind of maybe expand our definition of worship. I'm sure some of the things I'm about to say are not um, new to you guys. I'm sure even some of you feel the same way, but um, it is really easily, uh, easy in our Christian faith to define worship as what happens here on Sundays and what happens between 10.30 and 11 and um, a song or two after the message uh, every Sunday, and we can confine worship to this um, these four walls, and then between Monday and, and Saturday night or Monday and Sunday, we can kind of uh, leave our um, worship at um, in the church. And God calls us to be people who worship on a daily basis. Um, Paul ex- expands it by saying um, in Romans 12 that what we present ourselves as a living sacrifice unto God, that's your um, reasonable act of worship. And so worship is far more than merely a song, a chorus, a, um, a type of music. And um, if we limit and relegate worship to merely what happens here on Sunday, um, we're going to miss it. And, and yeah, God wants to do so much more with our lives than, than merely a half an hour. And I find that the things that I do more often are the things that influence me more. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to exercise one day a week, and then the rest of the day you are with the TV remote and um, surfing channels, I doubt you're going to build any muscle. And in the same way that if you only diet once a week I, I, and eat McDonald's the rest of the week, I doubt you're going to experience any amount of nutrition. And yet, um, sometimes in our spiritual lives, we, um, we, I don't want to say gorge, but we spiritually gorge once a week and, and we starve the rest. And, um, yeah, that's not, that's not what we're called to. Sorry, I don't know why. My goodness, every time. Um, this is, <laughs> um, that's, not, that's not the spiritual life. And so we end up living these roller coasters because that's, that's what we're doing. Um, so, yeah, worship is far more. It's a lifestyle. We can worship God with our attitudes, with our behaviors. With, we can worship God when we're doing dishes. We can worship God when we're vacuuming. We can worship God in, in just as what Donna was saying, as she was talking to people, she was worshiping God. And that is a profound 
a reality that we can be taking advantage of. Um, so if that, um, that, just be mindful of that. Um, we also, when we could be singing songs and our hearts away from it, I mean, that's not worship just because we're singing a song that talks about God. So if that could be kind of on our hearts, that worship is far um, greater than what we just experienced. Um, definitely corporate worship and worship through song is a part of that, but by, by no means is it the whole thing. Um, so, okay, so the four types of a circumstantial worshiper, or so circumstantial worshiper, um, their worship is, again, affected and influenced, even driven by their circumstances, and it's not rooted and grounded in God. And so the first type I like to call the prosperity worshiper, um, the person that when everything is going well, when um, there's money in the bank account, when the kids aren't fighting, when the marriage is okay, um, when work isn't hard, um, when the paychecks stretch a little bit further, they can worship God and everything is fine. Um, but the moment a, a storm, a tribulation, a trial, whatever you want to call it, whenever um, life happens and they find themselves in a difficult situation, their worship diminishes or the worship kind of disappears. And it's because their worship was not founded in God, but it was founded in, in the gifts God gives them or founded in their, their wealth or founded in their excess, and it wasn't founded on God. And so the thing is, if God is... Um, if God's nature doesn't change and if God is deserving of worship all of our, all the time, um, that means our worship, um, our worship should be as consistent as the God we worship. And if our worship changes based on our circumstances, it highlights and it really reveals the foundation um, of our worship. And so our foundation would be in our things. Our foundation would be in as long as everything's going good, God will praise you. But the moment um, you don't come through, I'm, I'm out. And so we kind of treat God like a Santa Claus in the sky. And as long as he's, you know, you know, given what, what we ask for and doing what we want, we worship him. And then the moment he doesn't, we, um, we back away. Um, the wealthy man, I don't know, the rich man in the New Testament, if you guys know the story, but when um, he, was, he worshiped God in every area of his life, and then God said, uh, take away the money, and he's, he couldn't do it. And he thought he was pious, but his worship and his religion was all wrapped up in his things and what he possessed. And it ended up not being true, authentic worship. And we want to be consistent worshipers. And the, the prosperity worshiper is someone who um, doesn't believe their Christianity is going to involve suffering or isn't going to involve pain. And unfortunately, that's something um, God kind of says is going to happen in our life. It's a reality. And um, we do disservice to the gospel if we say that the Christianity is going to be anything but. The life is hard. Things are difficult. Um, but the whole point and the whole purpose is that our hope is in God. And even though difficult situations and circumstances might come, um, God is still in control. And so, um, yeah, the, the, the prosperity worshiper um, does not like when things are going wrong and when things are bad. So um, we can be mindful of this. Uh, even if you don't feel like you have a whole lot of money or you don't feel like you're prosperous, um, I know in this country we always talk about the 99 and the 1%. Um, if we take it to a broader picture of the world, we are the 1%. And so what are, we, what are we doing with that blessing? And is our relationship with God so wrapped up in that? Or if, if he took away your, your house and your keys, and would you still come to church? If, you, if he took away those things, would you still read your Bible? And it's funny how our, our theology can get so wrapped up with our experiences instead of saying, um, I believe God is who he says he is, and I believe... God is going to do the things he said he's going to do. And he, regardless if I see it um, right now, he's still going to do something. Um, there's a pastor in 
Washington. He died of um, cancer. And yet, um, he, he still preached that God healed people because his, uh, his theology was not wrapped up in what he was experiencing at the moment that he believed what God said he was regardless of if he felt it for himself. Um, so if we, could, if we could stretch ourselves or ask God to even give us that heart to worship in such a way where even if we don't see it and even if things are bad, that God is still worthy of our praise. So I, I thought I'd stop getting emotional once I'm about 10 minutes in, but here we go. Um, so uh, I don't know about you, but I do not want to treat God like Santa Claus. And, um, and we got to really think about the commitment when we make to Christ that what we sign up for. And if it's all that God is going to give you the house, the wife, the kids, and the, you know, the, you know, the 2.5 kids and the white picket fence, then um, check your Bible, check your gospel, because um, that's not the case. Um, the next profile of a worshiper is the exact opposite of a prosperity worshiper, even though they have semi, um, some things in common. Um, the troubled worshiper is someone that ignores God when things are good, and someone who kind of um, goes through life, um, doesn't have time for God, and then the moment a trial or a storm comes up, um, they run to God. And it, this seems like a good thing, and actually that, that part is, that happens. I mean, isn't the prodigal story about someone who, um, when there was a time of um, famine and want, ran back to God? Um, the difference in a troubled worshiper or a troubled worshiper is that um, they may run to God, but the moment they experience any amount of freedom um, or, or walk in any liberty or the storm's gone, they go back to ignoring God and go back to... Um, they don't have time for God. It's really interesting because we make time for what we need. Uh, I, I've never met a drug addict who didn't have time for a fix. And I've never met someone who's addicted to pornography who did not have time for lust. And I never met someone who um, struggled with gluttony who did not have time to eat. Yet I've met plenty of Christians who don't have time to read the Bible. Or or pray, or attend church, or even get there on time. <laughs> um, and, um, and I think it's in that it reveals so much how much we need God, because the things that we need, we make time for. I don't know many people that just randomly skip meals because they don't have time for it. You make time for those necessities. And, and God, um, God should be a necessity. And, and so a troubled worshiper is someone that runs to God and kind of treats him like the 911 operator. And the moment they are doing good, they, they again, don't have time. And so this looks like this kind of, this person will come into the church and say, I need God, I need Jesus. And they have time to read their Bible, they have time to pray, they have time to plug themselves into Bible study. They're early for church because there's such a desperate um, need for God. Um, and then the moment they're in, in liberty, there's kind of all of a sudden, oh, I'm getting a little too busy. And you hear that, I'm just not, you know, life is busy. I mean, we all have the same 24. We all have the same 24 hours a day. Um, how are we going to spend them? But um, so um, I would say I relate the most for that. And even recently, I've just been going through um, just one of those difficult times. And I feel like it's been good in some respects and that I desperately need God. And there's been moments where, man, I feel like I need God uh, the, every second, you know, like where it's just there's this desperate overwhelming need, and then I found myself where, I, you know, where you just get a relief from a, a trouble, or you just get a relief from something that's going on, and then all of a sudden, it just seems like God 
it's like you don't have time for God anymore, whether you think about it or not. But all of a sudden, I thought about God less, and I was thinking, I was like, man, I don't want to be a kind of person that always has to be going through something to be mindful of God. I should just be mindful of God because of what he, he did and who he is. Yeah. Um, so just be thinking, if this, if this resonates with you in any way, um, good. If it doesn't, even better. But um, I'm just trying to be honest here. Um, the third type of worshiper is the integrity worshiper. And this type of person is one who worships God when they feel good about their, about their works, about their Christianity. This is the kind of person that can, that can shout amen, say hallelujah, when they feel like they have um, reached the bar of their expectation, they feel like they're not in areas of sin, but the moment they sin, their worship disappears. The moment they sin, they, they don't worship God. And I'm not telling you that you should come to church with stuff, um, habitual, unresolved sin, and, um, oh God, everything's good. No, obviously we have to make our hearts right with God before worship. But after you say, God, I confess this, is, I, I know this is wrong, and you're right from God. There's no hula hoops you have to jump through. It is freely given and accepted um, that the grace of God is freely given and accepted. And so um, a lot of times we come to church and we're beating ourselves up and we spend the first 10 to 15 minutes just, oh God, I'm not worthy. Um, it was never about our worth. It was never about um, our doing things to get to God. Um, what is it? Christianity is God coming to man. And so uh, an integrity worshiper is someone whose whole worship is tied up in what um, they're worth. And it becomes all about them instead of all about God. If God um, it's about God's righteousness. It's about God's um, being worthy of our praise. And so I don't, I don't really care if you fought five minutes before you came in this door or even while you're here, you have a bad thought. Ask for forgiveness and start worshiping God. Like, let's take advantage of even the time here. Because um, I know, what is it, right before you leave the house, you're getting in a fight. Or right before, uh, the, the, the night before, something happens where you just don't have enough energy to go to church. I mean, just things happen in our lives where we, um, use it as excuse to, to just press into God. Um, the next one is the feelings worshiper, and they will only worship God if they feel like it. Oh my goodness. If we went through life only depending on our feelings, it would be a pretty chaotic world, and it would be a pretty, no, it would be a pretty chaotic world. It would be messed up. Um, but um, regardless of our feelings, we need to press into God. I, I mean, there's, there's this book I was reading about prayer, and he, he was talking about sometimes we don't feel like praying, but once you start praying a little bit, you start to feel like praying more. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how many times people have gone to the gym, and they didn't want to wake up and go to the gym, but once they were there, they were very glad that they were there, and that it, it paid off. Um, sometimes our, our spiritual disciplines, we don't want to do them because they're, it's our flesh, or it's hard, and it's we don't feel like doing it. Um, I don't think Jesus felt like going to the cross, but he did it, and it was obedient, and I, I'm reaping the benefits of that. Um, and this type of worshiper makes our Christianity look like a roller coaster because we're hot and cold, we're up and down. You know, we're just, we're never just consistent in our worship. Um, and then the last one is really what we're trying to be, and we're trying to be a consistent worshipers. Um, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Thank God in everything. Um, thank God in everything. There's no asterisks on there. It doesn't say, uh, unless you're struggling here, and unless you, um, you know, can't pay your mortgage, or unless your marriage is on the rocks. It says, thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstance. 
may be. Be thankful and give thanks. It says be thankful and give thanks, meaning that we should not only have an attitude of thanksgiving, but we should actually speak it out. Um, I know often I may feel things and may never communicate it to the person that really needs to hear it, and so I can walk around maybe feeling a certain way, and uh, that person miss out on, misses out on the benefit of me communicating it. God wants to hear our thanksgiving. God wants us to communicate to him. Even though he already knows it, he wants to hear it. For this is the will of God for you. A lot of people want to know what their plan, God has a plan for your life, but they don't want to ever praise God or thank God for what they have. Um, If you want to know the will of God for your life, look at that verse, give thanks in everything with um, no matter what the circumstance may be, be thankful and give thanks for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. Um, there's the verse, enters gates with thanksgiving and his courts of praise. I think George Meyer says that like, we can't even get God's attention unless we're being thankful. Um, the first portion of the Lord's prayer is instruction about how to praise and honor God. Hallowed be our name. Um, a constant worshiper is not someone who ignores the problems and the circumstances around them, but it's a person that puts them in perspective in, in, with God in that your problems may be real, your problems may be hard, but God is bigger and God is greater and God is able. And what is it? God's the, the author and the perfect of our faith. And a lot of times we don't want to give him the pen and we want to, we want to write our own story. And then when it gets messed up, we're wondering why. Um, but God wants to work and move in our life. Um, it's just a matter if we're going to let him. Um, it says, let everything um, has breath, praise the Lord. Would you mind just taking one deep breath with me? Let me count three, one. That verse applies to you guys. Let everything that has, I know. Um, that verse applies to you. It says, let, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Um, it says, rejoice in the, the, um, in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I think whenever the Bible says something twice in one verse, we probably pay attention to that. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Um, so I, I don't know, but I want to be a person who worships regardless of whether I'm feeling like worshiping, regardless of whether I have been perfect, regardless of whether um, things in my life are going well or things in my life are going poorly. Um, I want to worship consistently. And if you look in the New Testament, you look in Acts, and you look at Paul being in prison and he worshiped God, that it didn't matter of location, um, it didn't matter where he was, that worshiping God was still the correct response, that worshiping God is always the correct response. If you look at David, he, um, he worshiped God in the pasture and he worshiped God in the palace. He, he was a worshiper um, regardless of what was going in his life. I mean, think of it. He was an adulterer. He was a murderer. And what did he do after, I mean, what did he, he, was, he was confronted. Nathan said, you know, this is what you did. He's like, I've sinned against God. And then he's, what, he's fasting for his kid. His kid ends up dying. And the first thing he does after that is he washes up and goes and worships God. A murdering adulterer worships, his God, worships God. And we feel like because we had an argument with a spouse or we feel like because we're, we're, we're struggling with a certain area that we can't come to God um, there's that verse that talks about even while we were sinner, Christ died for us. Um, so if we can just be mindful of that, there's these, um, that our, our response to God is supposed to be that of no matter what is going on, I'm going to worship you. There's that song that we've been singing called um, I Breathe You In God. And the bridge in that song says, um, when I don't understand you, I will choose you. And that is such a profound statement that whether I don't understand, whether I don't feel, I will still choose to worship you. 
And um, it's a choice we all have to make. It doesn't make it any more, diff, um, any more easy. Um, worshiping God when things are tough, isn't, it, it's, it's hard. But um, that's what God wants us to do. Um, during this time right now, we're going to take um, about 10 to 15 minutes where you're at. And we're going to just ask you to be praying to God. Um, we're going to do kind of like a group, like um, meditating on, on God. And we're going to take the first five minutes um, of having our hands down and giving things to God. A lot of people ha- in this room have circumstances that they have put above God and they have made their circumstances God in their life and made circumstances the things that they worship and give their time and attention to rather than God. And so we want to spend these next five minutes giving God circumstances and giving God um, maybe um, areas of, of disobedience, but just giving God those things. And then um, after that five minutes, we're going to spend another five receiving from God and saying, God, I receive the grace and forgiveness that was offered. I receive, receive your love. I receive your peace. Um, I, and, and then we're going to spend a, a, a few more moments saying, um, God, I, I want you to speak to me in the areas that, are, that, are, um, that I'm worshiping um, out of proportion. I'm worshiping um, my, my situations instead of God. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to spend some just quiet time um, in that. Um, God, I, I pray that you would help us to be consistent worshipers. God, people who worship in and out of season, regardless of our circumstances. And um, um, I know it's difficult, and I know there's patterns and, and, and things that we've developed in our spiritual life that have just caused so much inconsistency and a lack of peace, God. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and work and do, do a surgery, God, on us, that you would remove and you would amputate things that don't belong, and that you would add and... and Put your spirit within us, God. So just as this time as we quiet ourselves and give ourselves to you, God, do a work uh, in your name. So, so again, this is just time where you're giving things to God. And, and um,
and we're going to just spend the next five minutes of just receiving um, from God in in with prayer and just if there's been verses that um, that come to mind just but we just receive the things that God promises in his word and just spend that time with you know palms up is um, and and then We're just going to spend the next um, few minutes in asking God to speak to you and just asking God to really direct and, and orient kind of a response from you and just wanting to hear what God would say to you. Um, this isn't a time to be, we're not emptying our mind or anything like that. We're asking God to fill um, our hearts with more of him. And so if you could just spend the next two minutes um, asking God to speak to you. And people are going to be passing out journals after that.
God, we just thank you for the time that we've had to, to kind of sit and wait in your presence. Uh, I pray that if it, if, it was, if it was a first time for some or just a, a rare time for others, that this would start to become a habit in our life where we just present ourselves to you and, and we are still before you and that we would just take time to quiet our hearts before you, God, and get rid of all the busyness in our lives and just wait to hear your voice, God. Um, we just pray that you would bless us, God, as we, um, as we go and throughout our weeks, God, and that we would be people that no matter what's going on in our lives, we worship you. Um, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Um, right now, we're going to actually pass out um, some, some journals for you, and these journals are just something that if during the week you want to um, journal about a time where you're thanking God in all seasons, where you're thanking God in difficult situations, and um, that this would just be a personal time for, or a time for your, your personal um, worship with God and Bible study and in prayer and in and waiting on him.